Hello, and welcome to the first ever semi-bookish podcast presented to you today from Adrian District Library and a handful of its more geeky staff members. Just kidding. <laughs> Every one of us here is geeky. I'm Andy Myers, ADL's latest edition and current town crier. But enough about me going around the table. Uh, for an icebreaker, share what you're reading, tell us your name, rank, position, doesn't matter, tell us. My rank is Supreme Overlord of the whole entire library. I'm just... I'm just kidding. So, director. Inspect so, <laughs> your complaints to Aaron. Uh-oh. <laughs> just kidding. No. Um, I'm Aaron. I am the addition just before Andy. I am a library clerk, except for Grant. He's the one before me, but whatever. And um, I guess I'm not really reading anything just yet. I mean, I have a whole bunch of books at home, but I haven't really opened them yet. I just started City of Ghosts that uh, Anthony lent me the other day, and that's pretty entertaining, so. Nice. I'm Jen Noble. There are two Jens here, as you may well have run across at this point in your lifetime. I do the adult and teen services here, and I'm actually the second longest tenured person in this room except for Anthony, which is wild. Ew! Yeah. (laughs) My thoughts, exactly. Uh, And I'm currently reading Hank Green's A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor, which I could ramble this whole podcast length on about, but I won't. Just come find me in person later and we'll discuss. (laughs) Nice. I am Anthony, and I am the Youth Services Assistant, right? Did I get that right? You did, yes. (laughs) I've only been that for a year, so it's a little weird. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, What am I reading right now? I'm reading this really good book called The Poppy War by R.F. Quang. I just started it, so I'm like on chapter two. It's really, really good. It's basically if the Hunger Games happened in magical China, but the girl is actually intelligent. Which isn't to say that Katniss is not intelligent, but this girl is so intelligent that she passes the hardest exam in the country by the end of chapter one. So. Casual. Just so you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that, it's really good. Um, my name's Grant. Um, I'm a recently added clerk. Um, thank you for clapping. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I'm currently, well, actually, just this morning I started um, The Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett or Ken Follett. Have you you read it? Yeah. I've heard a lot of good stuff about it, so I thought it has a sequel and a third book as well. Yeah. Oh, that's right, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I I talked to you yesterday about uh, my. uh, I was going on a little Wikipedia rabbit hole on medieval stuff for some context. Ah, so, uh, context. For I like it. I for, for education. What? Yeah, I know. It's like you work in a library. I know. Um, and, and it's just a little aside. I've been having um, several dreams where my dead childhood pets are coming back to life, and I'm the only one that's worried about it. So I thought. <laughs> You know, dreams are interesting they are. when it comes to the topic we're going to discuss. We may be omitting that. We don't want it to get to the Department of Mental Services or anything. You know, things could happen. No, I'm all, set. I'm all set up with that stuff, so it's, it's fine. It's <laughs> good. good. Yeah, you're good. Listen, 2020 has been wild enough if we have zombie pets coming back. No. That just goes off a checklist on your zombie bingo, on your 2020 bingo. Yeah. I'm not saying it. I would kill my dog to see what would happen if she was a zombie dog, but I might kill my dog just to see what she's like as a zombie dog. Maybe if there's a guarantee that they'd come back. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, the guarantee. I'd like to have yeah, that Maybe first. add that in there. Yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> okay, okay. In parentheses. 
what I'm reading, um, Andy again, what I'm reading, actually listening to, because I'm the resident audiobook fanatic at Adrian District Library, uh, is uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, Chronicles of Narnia, book two or book one, depending on how you want to argue that fact. Mm, uh, I don't really care. Started. I'll read them multiple <laughs> orders. But yeah, if you want to talk audiobooks, you come find me. I'm a huge fan. Um, I'll even give you my favorite narrators. I don't care what they read. I'm going to listen to them because their voices are like butter and brown sugar. Mm-mm, good. Okay. This is a brand new adventure, and we hope to bring you a fresh episode every couple weeks. Topics will predominantly include readers and viewers' advisory, but I'm sure we'll grow and touch on other library services as well. We will, of course, if you haven't already noticed, stray from strict library talk and of course it's fine i mean we are semi-bookish <laughs> is that his joke for the day no i have other jokes no he had other ones what's the lifeguard boy maybe at the end i'll share a joke <laughs> Uh, why not here? Um, as a hint to what we're talking about today, why didn't the vampire have any friends? Oh, no, I don't know. Because he was a real pain in the neck. <laughs> I'm walking out the door. Okay. <laughs> Anthony's done, y'all. Okay, but don't seriously, what we're talking about today, who wants to talk about it first? Jen or Anthony? He's throwing it over to me. Okay. Adult what? services librarian extraordinaire, Jen Noble. <laughs> today... We are talking about a subject near and dear to my heart, and I say this with deep sincerity. The Twilight Saga by Stephanie Meyer. Yes! With a particular focus on the upcoming uh, reimagining of Twilight, the original novel, as told by Edward Cullen, Mm -hmm. Midnight Sun, which is due out on August 4th, and we'll see if this podcast is released the day off or the day after or the day before Ooh. remains to be seen. Around that time. That sounds like a cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. So a little bit of backstory. How were you introduced to Twilight? I know your story, but we're going to get to it, Grant. Um, do you want to go first? Uh, you, sure, why not? Um, so I, I'm i obviously an outsider to the series. Um, I never really um, gravitated towards it when I was kind of... You know, when it first came out and when in whatever age group, I guess you want to lump me in or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just felt like I wasn't in the target demographic. But, um, uh, you know, I was definitely aware of the series' existence, especially when the movie series came out. Um, and really, I was that's how I was, you know, mainly aware of it through the reputation of the movie series. And I, I knew some people who read the books and whatnot. But fast forward to now. Um, I thought I might as well, uh, you know, read the first book um, in preparation for this, and uh, I'm kind of surprised how much I enjoyed it. Yes. Yes. That's all I wanted. All I wanted. Yes. We are done. <laughs> we have converted another one, Stephanie. You're welcome. Yeah, no, exactly. Converted. Wouldn't you be like Transformers, like a vampire uh, kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. He got bit. I was bitten by, oh, by Stephanie Meyer. Well, so. technically, it's a coven, so there's a oh. I I mean, I'll I'll say this. I it's it's not my favorite thing I've I've ever read, but um, sure. I, I enjoyed it, and uh, I I have some. I enjoyed it with some caveats that maybe I'll talk about Ooh. later. But, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that when we get I to that. I love a I love a caveat. 
How was I introduced? Oh, this is like everything in my life. This is a glorious saga. So okay, we have. Um, <laughs> I was finished. I had just finished Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows because I had written a research paper at my very uh, Christian university about the Christian virtues of the Harry Potter series. Hmm. Um, it was the best research paper I've ever done because we were required to have six books and the Harry Potter series is seven books long. So, you know, whatever. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, so I finished the Harry Potter series and I was really going through a reading drought. And a friend of mine said, you should read Twilight. And I had seen the books at the bookstores and I was like, so what are they about? And she says, oh, they're about vampires. And I was like, nope, absolutely not. Vampires are lame. They're really stupid. You know, whatever. And she goes, no, 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 these vampires fall in love. And I said, oh, no. Because I was 18, a freshman in college, and was like, neither of those things is appealing. And when you put them together, definitely not. But when you're bored, waiting on your mother at the bookstore for four hours, and you've started reading it, and you only have $20 in your pocket for a $17.99 hardcover, you buy it. So I did, and I read all four of them really fast. <laughs> so yeah, that was me. I do not remember the exact year. I was definitely in high school because I was in high school when Twilight was the epicenter of the world. Mm. I actually could have gotten into it a couple years earlier. My mom works for a bookstore. They had gotten the advanced reader copy of Twilight right before it came out. Which bookstore does your mother work for? My mother works for Barnes & Noble. Thank you for asking. <laughs> please support your local Barnes & Noble. <laughs> anyway. Pop, pop, please support your library is what she meant. <laughs> as well as that. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Anyways, they had gotten the advanced reader copy in right before it came out, and I was probably still only about 11 at that time. So we thought, okay, it's probably a little too early. We passed on it. We didn't know. But then suddenly some of my older friends were reading it, and they were obsessed. And then suddenly, like, the whole world was obsessed. So I read it, and then I was obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) She means to say is. And, you know, flash forward... Ten years later, and here we are. <laughs> Still obsessed. Still obsessed. Uh, uh, so my, I kind of started reading Twilight from other friends. Like they kind of got me into it, but it was when I was. I vividly remember like this memory, which is really weird. So in like seventh grade, I was sitting in dance class, and all of my friends were talking about it. And the thing was, I didn't want to read it at. When I first, like, got into it, I just, like, wanted to leave it alone. And then the hype started growing for the second book, which was coming out. And so I came here to this exact library. What up? And I rented it out, and I read it. And then I was like, well, okay, that's fantastic. I really like this. I really enjoy this. (laughs) That flash forward to when the second book comes out. And I read the whole series, by the way. But... My friend had me stay the night at her house, and she had the book. I didn't have it yet, so I spent the whole night reading the second book. <laughs> Did in you the sleep dark. that night, Erin? Yeah. No, oh, I didn't. Oh, dear. Oh. She slept during the day. I didn't sleep at all, actually. <laughs> like a true. real Twilight vampire. Like there you go. <laughs> we try so hard. What? I just left. <laughs> Is there a name for Twilight fans? Twilight. 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 Yeah. You know, I forgot. So. <laughs> no, that's okay. For those of you listening at home, take a sip of your water every time Anthony spiritually leaves the room. <laughs> and it better be water, because if it's not water. <laughs> There's a reason I said water. 
water, magic water, mineral water, giggle water, whatever you choose. Orange juice, as long as it's not, you know. Yeah, that is my favorite legal beverage, but we're not going to go there. Now, my introduction was a little weirder because I was fresh out of service at this point in time. Uh, The testosterone, the machismo was pouring out of every orifice in my body. And admittedly, there was a young woman who said, hey, do you want to go see the movie with me? She's cute. I kind of, yeah, she was, she is still cute. Not was cute, but she's still pretty pretty attractive. And uh, she's an awesome friend. But she invited me to go see the movie. I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll go see this movie. Internally, I'm kind of dreading it. But again, machismo, dumb soldier, pretty individual. I'm sold. (laughs) Such is the case with even the Harry Potter. Uh, uh, By the way, happy birthday, Harry Potter. It is today that we're recording that. But as is the case with that franchise as well, I had to see the movie, and then I'm like, you know, I'm intrigued. I'll continue. And I eventually read the book, and (laughs) I read the next book, and I read the next book and the next. What are there, four books or are there five books? There are four. Well, Well, five if you count. uh, There were five movies. They split the last one in two. Okay. It's been a few years. I might re-read them or re-listen to them again in audiobook format. Let's see how they go. Oh. It might be kind of intriguing. Yeah. We'll see. We'll Put see. Put yourself on the wait list for Overdrive. I know I have. I have an audible credit. You know, I should support my library, but, you know, well, talk, you only the, have, talk the talk. You only have one audible credit, you said, though. So There's four books. Five. I'll space it out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I kind of get a vibe a little bit from this, like how each of us, uh, Grant, he's he's a newcomer to the thing, uh, to the franchise. He's like, you know, I got into it and I kind of surprised myself. I liked it. Anthony over there, yeah, I can see the twilightness is still kind of glowing about him. And there's like a little nimbus behind him. I'm sparkling. Um, <laughs> and then straight like Gandalf the White. I mean, pure aura surrounding Jen Noble over there. You, can you mix here. fandoms like that? <laughs> You have no power here, <laughs> Gandalf Stormcrow. Sorry. Is um, this even allowed? It is now. There are then, no rules here. And Aaron, she's just—I don't know if she's got the aura, but she's definitely a fan. Definitely a fan. Um, now here's <laughs> inflammatory number one because I saw you when I gave you the preview to the question. <laughs> yes, Anthony. Yes. If only they could see your physical reaction. <laughs> hmm Is Midnight Sun really even warranted? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Of course. Well, for, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Essay number one. <laughs> Remember, we're on a time crunch. I know. So, here's my feelings. <laughs> one, she can write whatever she wants, because that's what freedom means. Um... She can publish whatever she wants because that's what freedom means. And we've been waiting for it, so sure. Yeah, why not? And bes- for 12 years. It's it has a been. Ooh, <laughs> quite literally. I just feel like Edward is telling his story, so do it. Whatever. I mean, is 700 pages worth warranted? Sure. I like Edward. He's a good kid, so why not? If it I mean, was Jacob, it, I might have some questions, but... If they let E.L. James do it with Gray, Listen, why are we look, yelling at Steph look, for this? Look, we're not going to talk about Gray. No, we're not. We're not going to talk about E.L. James. Wait, she doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I, I, 
obliterated that from my memory. Her, her and she who shall not be named are sitting up in a white tower together doing some something, but we're going to leave them alone. We're That's not the about... topic of today's episode. <laughs> they can't stay in the white yes. tower. We're, we're pretty good down here. <laughs> we are crazier than a gaggle of kittens. <laughs> it's geese. Geese are in a gaggle. Kittens are in a bundle. Maybe. It's a bundle. So we're crazier I'm than a bunny. <laughs> you, you color in the lines too. <laughs> but no, like okay, I'm gonna read it too, and more so just so I can talk about it with you too. Um, well, all four of you at this point, I, I'm definitely gonna read it. Do I think it's warranted? Um, I like a little mystery. Um, oh. I like a little mystery to certain topics, so, like, do I need... I mean, I'm the one who sits here, and I'll tell you all, like, just breaking fandoms a little bit. I'll talk about Joker, recent Joaquin Phoenix. It's beautiful movie. Well done, well shot, amazing, crispy as all heck. I love, 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 love. It shouldn't have been made. And I will fight to my dying days on that mountaintop, steadfast, in my opinion, that it didn't need to be made. There you will die. <laughs> I agree with you on one of those oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay. I loathe that movie. I think it's. That's for another episode. So. Okay. But no, I'm. I'm... <laughs> Respect. Oh, even if everyone's entitled to their own opinions, even if they're wrong. But <laughs> that's, that's how it works. Right. 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 <laughs> Jen, what do you think? Oh. Midnight Sun. Where, where are... I have been waiting for this for so long. I had the 12 chapters she released on her own website downloaded to my phone. No! I need it! I'm so mad at all of you. Wait, why? Why? I have this really weird, bizarre purist thing where I'm like, I need it in publication form, so that therefore it is legit, it has been edited, and we are ready. You know, I'm with you on a couple different books, because like when I finish, like say, George R. Martin would finish a book particularly, and he would, we would open it up. That rare occasion on which he does such a thing. I mean, I I think I read his (laughs) book when I was in middle school, which is like, I don't know, (laughs) literally on a joke there, like when that first book came up, people talk about, oh, I had to wait a whole year for a season. I'm like, dear God, (laughs) I started reading a five book series in the early 90s. 94. Actually, early, late 93. Game of Thrones. Oh, well, it was late 93. Sure That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sorry. so when people talk about, like, that I've had to wait, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. But, like, <laughs> at the end of the book, they'd have, like, a preview chapter or two or preview point of view chapter. I'm with you a little bit with that. Like, I'm excited for it, but I'd almost rather torture myself, like not wet my appetite yet. I'd rather wait for I have the physical yeah. whole volume in my hands, then I can sit there and binge it, which is kind of interesting, you know, what I've almost did with this series. I mean, there are a lot of series that the minute like I got a hold of them, I'm like consuming just like a Percy Jackson, read yeah. all five oh, of yeah. them in quickness. Uh, when I finally got into the Harry Potter series, there was four books out, like I just sat down and Red, like I didn't move. I probably have some neurological damage in my body from sitting still so long. Um, and Twilight is the same thing. See, now, now I'm I don't want to be like fully spoiled for anything necessarily, but I'm not above like you know, hey, here's the scenes from next week on the end of this TV episode, or here's mm-hmm. the first chapter of a book in the back of a previously published one. Like, I'll take just that little bit to kind of whet my appetite, keep me going. And since she released it herself, too, like, I am not about the PDF pirating lifestyle whatsoever. Literally, I work in a library. I can get this stuff for free. (laughs) (laughs) But since that's what, at the time, we thought that was all we were going to get, 
I was taking it with That's open fair. arms. Yeah. I mean, at the time, actually, you're not wrong. so previews of the back of books is how I ended up <laughs> with New Moon. See? Because <laughs> I read See? I read that. We all know how that first chapter of New Moon Ooh. ends. Yeah. And that was all that was in the back of Twilight, of my copy of Twilight. Refresh me. How did it so the end of the first chapter of New Moon ends with uh, Bella at the Cullens' house. For the birthday party. And it's a birthday party and... Stuff happens. Blood. Occurs in the middle of a room full of vampires, one of whom has a very difficult time controlling his consumption for human blood. He's suffering. (laughs) Therefore, get out. (laughs) Therefore, I read that. My mother bursts in the room and is like, I'm going to the grocery store. You should know something about my mother. When she says, I'm going to the grocery store, you do not volunteer to go. You will be there for hours. I volunteered to go because I could read the book in hours. And maybe I wouldn't have to spend the seven fifty or whatever it was at Walmart <laughs> to take it home. So that's what I did. I walked around for about five hours while my mom was shopping, and I read New Moon. We're socially distancing, fist bumping, just in case you, you guys need to know. My mother was the same. <laughs> and I also read books at the store and saved money. Um, I'm sorry, authors. You had some great books, and I should have... Oh, I went for that because I wasn't done with it. Yeah. I, I I did that with a lot. My mom and my dad would go shopping together. And now the thing you need to know about my parents is my dad gets lost in the store, <laughs> and my mom will go off somewhere else. And occasionally, especially when I was a lot younger, I'd go off with one or the other. Now I would lose the other parent on the way through the store, and we would just be like, okay, where where, where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do now? Because we can't just walk around the store. In circles, looking for our, the other parents. That's so funny. So we had this unspoken rule in my household that if you got lost in the store, you just go to the book section and you just wait. And Ooh, so I read okay. so many books just by sitting down, waiting for the other parent to show up. <laughs> and lo and behold, they would magically appear in the middle of the aisle, and they would also go look for books, which would cost another 45 minutes to an hour of just <laughs> looking around the store. We all may or may not be semi-bookish, I'm just saying. <laughs> just a title. There's a reason we're all here. Right. <laughs> I like the title plug, by the way. It's great. Nice. It's going gonna, it's gonna to shoehorn that. It's not even shoehorning. It's like Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, midnight Sun Warranted. We'll see. So we've answered yes. Next yes. question. Yeah, I'm just looking at that. Like, <laughs> Pretty much. I want to hate the series a little bit. Oh, I know you do. I mean, <laughs> it's your contrarian. And it's not even made a contrary. Okay, concept-wise. And spoiler alert, if you haven't read or watched the films, we'll talk about the films a little bit, too. Concept-wise, okay. Um, I loved the concept of the visual change encountered by vampires within this lore. Oh, sure. Did they have to sparkle? Did they have to look like my five-year-old niece bedazzled the living okay. heck out of them? Okay, first of all, <laughs> to explain. See, this... this oh. Number one. Did you study this your is, lore? This is the number one complaint that drives me mad when people bring it up. Because it's like, okay... <laughs> the way that they are described as sparkling is like marble. Which sparkles in sunlight. That's brilliant when it comes to differentiating a vampire from a human being. It's kind of like a glow. Yeah, yeah because like, I don't... I, the prettiest human being I have ever been with 
could never compare to a sparkling human being like Marble. Marble's my favorite stone, so she kind of got me there. The, <laughs> the whole point is that it's it's really kind of cool. And I know that that doesn't necessarily technically make them historically vampires, but how much vampire lore do you really know? And also, don't we... I, me, personally, I've been enchanted by the idea of supernatural, particularly vampires <laughs> and immortal beings. So okay. my literary background in vampires runs fairly deep compared to, say, the average reader. That's fair. I'm not, but it's it's cool. I, the actual idea of it, phenomenal. I mean, I read Dracula okay. a couple times. I just don't <laughs> like the way it was presented in the films. Well, um, to be fair, how much of that is how much CGI can you actually afford in one go? Back in what, like 2009? Yeah, well, and also. Was the technology there? And apparently the I mean, female yeah. director was fought quite a lot because I've seen. She made a Jesus movie and it was beautiful. So I'm like. So give you're going to have to money, figure out which Jesus movie that is and pa- let me watch it. I will. And and it's the only Jesus movie with actual people of color, so let, let's not go there. But <laughs> so <laughs> definitely did, give me did. that title. I will. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was a weird segue. No, it's kind of fun. I, I'm reaching that point where I kind of want to pick. I want to be a contrarian to kind of get a rise out of you a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to let Jen have some fun with this here, too. I mean, even if we're exploring like other little complaints I have about the franchise as a whole, and oh. anyone, if you want to oh. steal it, I mean, you, you, Grant, <laughs> said, I'll save that for later. And like, so this is later. Oh, okay. Please, bring it up. I mean, I mean okay, I'll go. Lay it on us. I mean, obviously, I, I, I can just go off of the first book because that's the only one I've read. Mm. So I'll just give my general opinions on oh, that, I guess. So You might want to sit back a little bit. He's <laughs> starting to fall. <laughs> so, I mean, first off, anything that has a setting like any, anything that takes place in like a dark foresty area mm. it gets some bonus points right off the bat for me so like x-files twin peaks stuff like that mm-hmm. it's just kind of my aesthetic i guess but um no i just think um overall it was uh there wasn't a whole lot of fat to it i guess I don't. I don't know how. Like, oh, I, interesting. Like, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it gets more convoluted as the series goes on, but it it kind of felt like just a really nice standalone story, almost. Yeah. yeah. To me, anyways. Yeah. Um, but as far as like specific parts that I really enjoyed, um, how spoilery do like or do we want to get for the listeners? Or Look, y'all. It's been ten years. Been this has been out for a while. Look, it's Go okay. For it, okay. Man. Yeah. Okay, so Voldemort loses. <laughs> no, he doesn't just lose. Come on now, Voldemort. Harry, Voldemort. Sorry, I think I was thinking Dumbledore. Harry pretty much dies. Like the Titanic sinks. Darth Vader yeah. is Luke's father. Hello. <gasps> what? <laughs> there. John Belgian died. Oh, I mean, We're, yes. Carry on. <laughs> no, um, I guess my favorite kind of extended sequence in the first book was um, uh, just kind of the whole climax where. I think his name is James, mm-hmm. the Ooh, yes. the tracker. He's tracking her down, and then the other her vampire family tries to keep her safe, um, her and her human family safe from him. And that was really tense, and I I got invested in it. Um, I thought the epilogue at the prom was really sweet. Oh my 
it was just, it's just a sweet little scene. It, it, it kind of foreshadowed, even though I haven't read, you know, I know what happens kind of with like Jacob and everything. He's a werewolf. So. Is that what is meant by new moon? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. But, um. I am today many years old when I realized the significance of new moon in conjunction with the werewolf connection. Well, wait till you figure wait, out what Andy's, happens Andy's with Andy's gone. He's leaving. <laughs> and Breaking Dawn, even. Right. Actually. Oh, my God. Y'all, it's a saga. Come on. I don't no, know what no, that says about Midnight Sun, is this just okay. because I, Is this just because I was an English major? Well, so was I, but Maybe. I thought about it. <laughs> like, Next, you're going to say you don't see the symbolism between the Twilight cover and the Midnight Sun cover. Okay. What? Explain. <laughs> Explain for those of us who aren't that the in thing, there. The only thing that's missing is a pale set of human arms. Oh. Yeah. On Twilight, she's holding an apple because it's theoretically the forbidden fruit. She On Midnight Sun, the forbidden fruit. he's holding a pomegranate as oh, in Hades oh, and Persephone. Oh. oh, okay, I missed that Yo. one. Yes. Oh, I missed that it's one. It's so good. Oh, I missed that one. Okay. There was thought put into this, y'all. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the process, Midnight Sun, the significance, you know, like Twilight, whatever, isn't Midnight Sun just basically a solar eclipse? So it's after Breaking Dawn. I hate you. <laughs> I hate are, are you are you learning things? <laughs> yes. Isn't it just, just basically a fancy name for This is what happens when eclipse? you abandon your college degree for, I don't know. <laughs> we love you anyway. Still pending. No, I know. It's fine. I know. My brain works in mysterious and wonderful ways. <sighs> Carry on, Grant. No, just to conclude what I was saying with like the prom scene, um, I liked that there was some foreshadowing with um, kind of the rivalry between Edward and Jacob. There's a little friction going on there. Yeah. Um, and as you know, as well as her, the kind of struggle between her and Edward, and she kind of wants to be turned into a vampire, and he doesn't want that for her. That's kind of interesting. I don't know how that turns out, but um, I don't know. Y- y'all are smirking at me, so. We're not spoiling I, anything. No, no, no. no, no I, I, I know. Just really, I know. You're going to have to read a little bit more. No, I mean, I mean, as far as or the parts. at least part, just rewatch the movies. No, I mean, what? as far as the parts that I wasn't super crazy about. He took Personally, um, I, I mean, <laughs> some of the dialogue, I guess, kind of, it earns its cringy reputation a little bit. Yeah. That's just that's just yeah, to me. Fair. But but then no, again, I w- I'm not. I, I, well, is, is I'm, Stephanie Myers? Sorry, sorry for interrupting, but is no. Stephanie Myers truly known for her exquisite dialogue? I mean, from across all the Twilight books, the host. What else has she? Oh, nothing. That's right. The, the chemist. Chemist. Oh, chemist. Oh, published in 2015. Don't get me started. She wrote like one more, and I didn't. Oh, even I stopped paying attention to her name after like. <laughs> Oh, had a point, so to be fair. But, like, is her dialogue really that good anyway? I mean, that's a good point. It's, okay, It gets you through the story. Dialogue from the majority of authors that I have read is not as good as the rest of the book. Your opinion on dialogue, though, is very... Harsh. Uniquely <laughs> harsh, yep. and in some ways... We're gonna have a we're gonna have a special Anthony episode at one point or another where we're gonna do a literary human analysis on Anthony. We're gonna take over Spotify, just, iTunes. I'll just say this about dialogue: more novelists and fiction writers need to watch more film because it's very yes. clear when they do and it's very clear when they don't. Film or even requires good dialogue. Even. And, 
bare minimum, read your own story out loud to yourself. Yep. Does it sound like human people are talking? Yeah. Or even, If the answer is no, try again. Or even just, I mean, there's no reason at all, for example, to use another fandom, why Grand Moff Tarkin has this British accent in a universe where it's fictional. There's no Britain. However... His dialogue would sound like trash if he didn't use a British accent. Is that how real British people speak? Not really. But that's not the point. It's, it works. It fits. The dialogue fits better. And yes, does. I just used George Lucas, the wooden dialogue man, to you to talk about my... Anyway, that's not the point. Also, <laughs> just go, taking it back to Twilight Dialogue. Yeah. A lot of it's super cheesy. When you read it at 15, <laughs> no, it hits different. No, no that's, okay, what, I, that's yeah. what I was going to say. I was yeah. never, I, I didn't read it at, when I was that age. And I, you Don't know, so, you know. Yeah, like oh, even, fair. it's more when I read it, like I just reread the whole series in preparation for this, y'all. I have the textual evidence ready to go. Oh, <laughs> but even my own enjoyment of it is a little more from some of that nostalgia factor. It's not like, hey, I think this is like objectively the best, purest dialogue there is in the world, but I have all of the good memories of it, so therefore, I like it more. Mm -hmm. No, but, yeah, overall, I really liked its take on vampires, and I think it wrapped it all up in a nice little romance and all that good stuff, so. (laughs) See? See? I like it. You could have really hammed up that southern and gone for a foghorn laying on it. (laughs) I I do do declare. I do declare. (laughs) Um... I liked it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm teasing. You know, random little thing, cause, and as a couple theater people in here, too, which actually there's four, really, because you have some experience yeah. in theater, too. I'm, I'm tang- tangentially a, a theater person. I was I was, um, the vice, I was the vice president of the drama club at my school for two weeks on a technicality. On a technicality. You know, Gerald Ford was still a legitimate president, and it's, you know, technicality. <laughs> and he was still better than the sitting president, but we won't go there. This is not a politic political podcast. Hashtag too real, Anthony. <laughs> I mean, you know, just got to remind y'all. I thought of, um, I don't know, I thought of auditioning quite a few times, but I kind of... I kind Twilight of, the Musical. Let's write I'm it. ready, y'all. Why hasn't it happened yet, actually? That's Because we haven't question. written it. Actually, you would you would be perfect for this since you have Thank experience you. having done this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stealing my theater thing back. <laughs> <laughs> we understand that an ensemble is more important than really the leads because the leads can fall flat, and it just makes the leads fall flat. But if an ensemble fails, the whole show is mm-hmm. rooted. Like, I mean, that's my opinion on the matter. Now. Go figure back and going back to watching the first film, the first few films, and seeing was it Jessica, Anna Kend- Anja, Anna, Anna Kendrick, Kendrick. Oh, Jessica. Jessica. Yes. So good, yeah. Now, interestingly enough, I could not stand here. Like her portrayal, her as an actress, so when I started seeing her like in future films, like, oh God, please no. <laughs> no. And I he love her. Like it makes yeah. me go back to rewatch. Like and I need to like really like marvel in her ability to make her that character unlikable. I think she didn't. I, take she off didn't have until, to work that hard. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I think New Moon though was where she really took because in the first Twilight film she's kind of grating. Yeah, because she's trying a little too hard. But in New Moon, I was like, I never knew I could love Jessica, but here I am in love. Like, let's go on a date, girl. I got you. <laughs> I don't even like girls, but it's fine. Like, 
Oh, yeah. No, that's... I'm trying to think other little uh, kind of tertiary characters. How do we feel Angela. about Mike? Wait, wait. Angela! Oh, I love Angela. <laughs> wait, wait, shoot. You gotta remind me. She was me. the geeky friend. She's the... Oh, one. she was kind of cool. She, yeah. She was cool. Yeah. I, like I mean, I don't remember her enough, but I just remember, like, liking her at the time. Like, she's cool. Um, I love Angela. Listen, I will forever be bummed that the throwaway line in Eclipse... Where Bella goes, if Angela's a witch, she can hang out with us too. You should have made Angela a witch, Steph, okay? I'm gonna say it. It would have worked out. It would have been cool. Well, you know, she still can write more. It's Make not it like happen. she can't introduce witches into her universe the I mean, hour. If we can have vampires and we can have shapeshifters and werewolves, which are canically in which, there. Which are different, yes. We can have witches. Just I bring it them. out. Okay, I'll hold up. But Somebody make it happen for me. Listen, I, I got a, the shapeshifter thing. Thank you for reminding me of my only beef with the series. <laughs> and it's not the racism one, because that's a beef, but... That's a different one. That's a different kind of beef. It's something I can deal with, because welcome to being black in America. Anyway, <laughs> throwing that out the window, the shapeshifter thing really irritated me, because I'm like, sis, they don't shapeshift into anything else. How dare you call them shapeshifters? But they could have. Okay, no. Don't, but they could have. Not, Canonically, no. okay, okay. they could That's have. That's fine. But see, this is where you know that she totally is a romance reader and definitely not a fantasy reader. Because right, when right. you tell your fantasy audience that your like, main dude can transform into anything, but he insists on transforming into a wolf, uh-uh. No, boo. Bye. Like, turn into a bat and go away. Like, I really I can't. I can't do it. Shapeshifters must shapeshift. And not into one thing. Give me the rules. Give me the world building, man. Like, break it down. There was no world building with that. And it was I like, can't. oh. Okay. I can't handle it. I got you. <laughs> really? I got Are you, you. getting verklamped? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Talk amongst yourself. So that's my, that's, you know, that's my only Real beef, really? Can I bring up another? Like this will be the forever beef I have with that series. Go for Ooh, it! Go for yes. it! Yes, more th- more so than the sparkles. Ooh! Oh, Ooh okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's talk imprinting. Oh! Oh, oh, oh my God! Yes. yes, but I love okay. imprinting. But go ahead. I like the idea of it, but like it was it was a cool a cool idea. It was a cool thing to go with, but then all of a sudden he had to imprint upon a baby and it a newborn. It, Not just a baby, a newborn. I mean, that's taking, like... I mean, I don't want to even talk about that here. It's, like, so gross and icky. Okay, but, the, but, okay, but you have to explain... Just, okay. You have to explain the concept of imprinting because if you don't, that leaves people to believe one thing that actually isn't Because this got covered, y'all. This got covered in the text. Yeah, it's, it's got there. covered. Like, it's... Yes. I know there's more to it, but it was still, like... And not, it this is isn't a even little, a movie thing. Like, it's not not weird. I'm, like, I'm not trying to It's supposed to, to be weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had to look it up. <laughs> so if, <laughs> so you know about it. Yeah, then. Yeah. If Bella had straight out judo chopped him, removed his wolf head, I would have been like, which you know, would have been acceptable. It's there. She wants yeah. to. Like it's. She's got. It's, she had every right to do it, but she doesn't do it. She's definitely like rising to the occasion. Um, because Breaking Dawn has been a while since I read it. You get Jacob's perspective, right? Yes. Okay. For like a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So we know. Also, literally, the baby's father can read minds. You know that if there was any untoward thinking happening about his infant daughter, Mm -hmm. that person would be dead. Instantly. Instantly dead. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
You don't get to live if you have that kind of thought around someone's infant daughter if that person can read minds. It's true. Especially when he had to perform the worst surgery of his life. Yeah, after he tried to transform his dying wife into a vampire to live. Yep. If you try to harm his infant daughter after this, nobody lives. Yeah. Again, yeah, you know... I feel like, so here's the thing about Twilight, like, complaints that I never have seen a complaint about Twilight that is original, intelligent, or new. Did I say original? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's always, the, like, it's everything that's been said about the series, all the criticisms of the series have been, like, browbeat into the earth. And it's like, but... And none of them are actually intelligible to begin with. It's like, it's almost like people forget how to read when something popular happens. I definitely think people like, forget how like to read when forget, it came to It's just like they forget, like, they're like, the, like for example, the, the capital punishment of the series is, oh, Edward is 102 and he's, he's totally a stalker. He has the 13 signs of a stalker as defined by socialist blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, first of all, he's a fictional character. So chill. And I know that's a terrible, terrible excuse, but the point is, like, sure, he's 102, but he's also stuck at 17 for 102 years. Yeah. He's what mentally part, 17. Yeah, so, yes. like, what part of your brain doesn't think, I should have sympathy for someone who has to live eternally as a 17-year-old? In high school. He spent 100 years in high school. Yeah. And even if he doesn't spend 100 years in high school, he's 17 for the rest of his life. Kind of makes the idea of walking into the sun, makes a little bit more sense, really, when, you know. Yeah. So, like, of course he's going to be attracted to another 17-year-old. And of course he's going to watch from afar because that's what... Well, let's talk about the attraction thing, too. And this is another weird little complaint that I've heard a few people talk about. It was one of my earlier complaints reading through that book. Um, When they determine what her unique ability is as a human slash going into vampire, and she has that mental shield Mm -hmm. that can... I mean, it's the key to defeating the Volturi. Um, He can't... And, of course, how poetic it is when he... She lifts it for that glimpse, and he can see into her, and that's where the series ends. And I'm just like, oh, gosh... Um, <laughs> you don't like circles? <laughs> no. <laughs> I. You don't like wrapping things up nicely. You know, Jen and I have had Only a conversation the about the feminist nature of Bella Swan. Um, that no one like no one likes to give me leeway on this, and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I once wrote a very furious blog post that I have to find. I need to find it. Oh, you need to send it to me immediately. Called In Defense of Bella Swan. Please. In which I basically berate people who complain about Bella's lack of agency as a young girl, as a teenage girl, because so many people like love to compare Bella to Hermione at that point in time, because those were the two big like things. Those were what we had. Yeah. Hunger Games hadn't really taken off yet. And... It's a fair comparison. They're both bookish girls. They're both teenagers. They're both brunette. They're both brunettes. They're both white girls. Like, it's a thing, right? Mm. However, ooh, I almost said something really rude. <laughs> I almost said if J.K. Rowling had ever been loved properly in her life, then maybe we wouldn't have been left with Ron Weasley. But that is not oh, the point of this conversation. Oh. I know. Oh, when we get to the Harry Potter podcast, I will smack him down for this, you guys. I will fight but You said that in front of the redhead. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Ah. I'm sorry. Um, I love you. Anyways. anyways, you were going back to Bella. Yes. Bella, 
the the number of times that people have said that like Bella is not as intelligent as they feel, uh, you know. She was in AP the, classes. Hello, first of all. That's in the book. She's uh, in AP classes. First of all, besides, also Bella doesn't read anything that wasn't published after Charles Dickens died. So like, so this chick is reading on a level that most people either don't or stop reading at. And she also thinks everything through to an insane degree. I, and she's the one who wants to do her boyfriend the whole series. He has to ask <laughs> her to stop. What more do you want from I a think, feminist character? Like, do you no, want her to wave think, a suffragette sign? Like, which I, actually, that's kind of interesting angle, but go ahead. What I think people really want every time they say they want a feminist character is if you're not Arya Stark, they don't think you're good enough. It, let, you, don't get me started. And I think that's very wrong, and we don't have the time for me to yeah. go into that. <laughs> but I think people always, always, always conflate being feminist, being a strong female character, being a role model, with being very, very loud, forceful. But being a man. Re- being a man. Yeah. But also being a Gryffindor, even. Yeah. Being Hermione. Yeah. And I think that the sort of Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw type strength that Bella shows is yes. undervalued in our society. I was trying to decide to an immense well, but I can't really decide either. That's why I went with both. But especially if you're a girl, because I think like. But like, she says one like, thing, and she says it the whole series. She is stubborn to an insane degree. Mm-hmm. But her mind is made up. And the problem is nobody else listens to her throughout this entire series. Yes. Mm. Nobody listens to Bella. Like she's when they should have just done it thing. the first time. That's true. She thought through the whole entire like I want to be a vampire thing. She thought through every single little bit of it, and then she turns around and she's like, I want to do this, and then they're like, Huh, you're wrong. No. Yeah. Mm. Because if because she says it quietly. Like a normal conversation thing, she's not screaming it from the rooftops. <clears throat> she's not going into battle for it. That's and like, I yeah. think that just gets undervalued. She just says it like she like walks down the hallway with your friend, and you guys are just going off into separate things. Oh yeah, I want to be a vampire. Just saying bye, and then she like yeah. walks away. <laughs> like she doesn't like have to have a big giant moment of hey, sit down, everybody, family meeting, I want to be a vampire. It's I'm going to say it in passing, but I still yeah. want it, and mm-hmm. it's still just as powerful as if she sat everyone down and said it. And she even she actually does sit everybody down and says it at the yeah. one point. Actually, yeah. But it's more, hey, when do we want to do this, y'all? Because, like, it's going to happen, no mm-hmm. matter what. But, like, at what time? When should we do it? I also love the fact that she makes extremely unconventional choices in terms of what she wants to do for her life. Um, that, like, spoke to me as a, as a person who was in the midst of making unconventional choices about my adult life while reading those books. For a 17, 18-year-old protagonist of a mega series to go, I don't even want a graduation party. I just want to say goodbye to my friends and become my husband's wife. Like, that's a big deal and of course nobody likes it because oh my god a girl is getting married to a man and she's making it all about him and it's like well no because marriage is between two people but whatever don't get me (laughs) it's really annoying that a person can't say simply because she's female she can't say this is what I want get over it 
I have something. We are running a little short on time. <laughs> but God. I have one more thing, and let's leave this as a a, a drop thread. <laughs> so oh, we can, no! We can see Anthony, like, seething at the idea of it. Okay. Uh, another thing, too, and I haven't heard this too much. Maybe you've heard it more. Maybe it's not that novel of a complaint. Mm. But, like... Right away, I started walking away from this, and I did a little background research into Stephanie Myers as, as, a, as an author, as a, as a person. I'm sure she's a very fine person. However, Twilight, to me, is a vehicle for the virtues of abstinence. Mm, okay, I, I mean, got it. I got you. I got it. Like, okay. He doesn't want to turn her until they're married. He wants to marry her, and which is kind of interesting because they position him as the. I mean, yeah, he's a hundred years old. He has some a, hun- a centuries old we're sense of morals strong. and I can ethics. Kill you, but but um, but also like, I kind of pos- love it that like she actually stuck with what would track for their characters and didn't go with the traditional. She wants to wait, and he wants to bone. But they, it's it, it's interesting because they kind of made her a yet again the wanton one. Just a fun word, wanton. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly, and I don't want to say outdated. But I mean, Edward's it's also from like 1917. Yeah. So I mean, his okay. mindset into that actually real. really fits but in. But let's be real about men in 1917. I mean, you're not. You wrong. had a right to bone anybody as long as you didn't get caught boning the wrong girl. I mean, you're not. If you were wrong. a dude and you had money. You did it. So let's throw that out the water. <laughs> Just But I mean, it's almost like she We'll put a glossary like, in the comment yeah. section. So if you don't know what B-O-N-E means, would you care to explain it? No, next. Um, That's for a different episode. <laughs> but also, I think all of this is, once again, addressed in the text. Like, I haven't made that my battle cry this entire episode. <laughs> We just need to make you a flag to Someone make me a banner. <laughs> Anyways, there is a lot of discussion, too. Part of his reticence to turn Bella mm-hmm. is that there is no guarantee that any of them have a soul left after this is done. And they can be killed. It is just much, much harder mm-hmm. than it is right. if you're a human person, especially if your name is Bella Swan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... If you have any sort of Christian beliefs, which Carlisle's father was literally a pastor, so, like, they all kind of have some, mm. How you know, you have to wrestle with, I love this person so much. Am I possibly dooming them to hell should we ever die by turning them into a vampire, letting them stay with me on Earth forever? Am I taking away their immortal soul? Or let's say we do keep them. But that means all of the rules like the Ten Commandments are still in place. He admits, like, hey, I've killed people. I've done some pretty bad things in my time. I have one thing left, and it's that I haven't had premarital sex. And maybe it's a little thing, but it's one thing left. Can I just have one thing I haven't screwed up in my life? Yeah. Well, and it's the classic, it's the classic gothic character, too. Um... You know, it's the, yes. it's the Mr. Rochester yes. who's tortured. It's yes. the Mr. Darcy who has secrets. It's, yeah. you know, they're not really that perfect, and they have that one, like, There's that, that one mysterious thing. You know, for Mr. Darcy, it's, I haven't screwed up and married the wrong girl yet, so give me a minute while I decide whether you're my right girl or not. You know? And also that I've had some <laughs> weird standards for who the right girl is this entire time. Yeah. Right. Mr. Um, Rochester is, hey, I already locked one wife in the air. <laughs> 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 
let's make sure I don't have to lock the second one up. Like, should there be a second one? I have to get divorced in order for that to happen, which is a thing that we can't do right now. So, like, because she's yeah. in the attic. Yeah, it, and I think it's a credit to the author to be able to pin all of that into a seventeen-year-old body, like a modern, current 17-year-old who drives a really fancy car, who lives in a really wealthy home, who lives in modern-day America. I mean, Well, how... 2005 America. Well, well yeah, at the time, let's <laughs> do that. But, like, for, to put all of that into this character, um, is a, that's pretty... Not bold, but it's definitely hard. And she did it well. <laughs> well. Oh, well put. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're cast out. No more literary voice of reason. We want to hate. That's not going to happen. No, in my you. Okay. I'm sorry. I have sure the most authority on anyone in this room right now. Sure solely based on job titles. I'm sure so. someone has like hate listened through this entire episode, and they are writing me angry fan mail right now. <laughs> Anybody who sat through the Harry Potter, they're going to come in, masks off, raging, are just like really, Would it really be angry fan mail. I don't have a better word for it. <laughs> I like it, though. What if we get, like, angry email in the um, Adrian District Library email about this episode? <laughs> Speaking of which... <laughs> um, first off, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, we're going to be back in a few weeks. Um, barring any craziness in the world today. And the world is crazy today. It's 2020 apocalypse bingo. Um, maybe by then some of us will have fully consumed Midnight Sun. Twice. Twice or three times. Any luck. <laughs> if you want to give us feedback or any suggestions at all, uh, feel free to email the library at adriandistrictlibrary at adrian.lib.mi.us. That's a mouthful. You can find that on the website, too. Um, go to the contact page. It's easy. What's can, the website, Andy? <laughs> adrian.lib.mi.us. Just Google it. Adrian District Library. It's great. <laughs> Our emails are on there too. Send me yeah. your personal angry letters. I relish them. Let me have it. We have social media too. You can contact us there. Oh, yeah. And in the meantime, we hope to see you next time. Yay! Yay. Cue the theme music. Bella's all the way underneath. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> Okay, but the next episode is the follow-up episode, so we can talk. But then we can talk about how awesome Supermassive Black Hole was for Vampire Baseball. Oh, Vampire oh. Baseball. That's my favorite scene of the entire saga. Vampire Baseball. Uses my favorite band in the for a long time, so that's... Uh, it's also Stephanie Myers'